At Total Wine & More, find the best gifts for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for sis or a single-barrel bourbon that dad will love. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. Where can you find the best gifts at great low prices that everyone will love? At Total Wine & More, of course, with so many great bottles to choose from. Find something for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for your sis, sparkling wine for a coworker, or a single barrel bourbon for dad. And if you need any help, just ask one of their friendly guides for advice. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. Hi, I'm Kristen McGlory, lifelong genius hunter. For almost a decade, I've been unearthing the recipes that have changed the way we cook. Now on the Genius Recipe Tapes, we go behind the scenes with the geniuses themselves, and we get to hear from you. This week, my guest is Chitra Agarwal, the founder of Brooklyn Deli. She makes the delicious achars and simmer sauces that you might have picked up before on the shelves at Whole Foods. Plus, she's the author of the cookbook Vibrant India, and she was a cooking class teacher and pop-up dinner host back when we could do those things together. As you will hear more about in this episode, she is basically Superwoman. So we actually recorded this conversation at the end of June of 2020, the time of year that in the past I would have been writing about things like lobster rolls and no-churn ice cream in my column on Food52. But of course, June 2020 was not like the Junes before it. We were all learning how to stock our pantries and cook well out of them. And we were also looking for some pretty deep essential comfort, the kind that speaking only for myself, I was not going to get from a lobster. So Chitra's introduction to this recipe really resonated with me, because as she writes, fittingly named, hoogie is the ultimate comfort food. You definitely feel like you're being hugged when you're eating it. So hoogie is a dish with variations all over India that you might also know as kichidi or pongal. Basically, it's rice and lentils cooked down until soft, until they kind of hug each other, with a gentle, savory flavor that will give your belly and your mind a hug too. In this episode, Chitra also tells us what it's been like to run her small business and even launch new products at the height of the pandemic, all while relocating her family from Brooklyn to Wisconsin to be able to better take care of her young sons, Alok and Ravi. But first, here's Chitra to tell us all about her hoogie. Many people know kitchidi, right, which is the rice and lentil dish. It's a one-pot dish, but I think a lot of people don't know that it's a dish that's made all throughout India. And in my mother's home, where she's from in Bangalore, they call it hoogie. <laughs> so it's basically rice and yellow lentils, which are moong dal, like mung beans without the skin and split. And so that's the yellow lentil because there's so many different le yellow lentils. So basically what happens is that the rice and the lentils cook together. They kind of form this like really creamy, nice texture. And then you also add ghee um, or butter to make it really kind of almost rich, right? And then in her version, you spice it with black pepper and cumin and as well as ginger and coconut. So this is a very South Indian version of this dish that is made all throughout India. And it's made for a festival called Sankranti, which is the beginning of the harvest season. And 
it is kind of a food also that you would feed to a baby or a young child because, um, you know, you could kind of spice it less to kind of get them starting to eat food. And do Alok and Ravi like it? Well, Ravi is, I have to say, Ravi has been a challenge with feeding, but Alok loves it. He, any kind of rice and dal combo, he is all on board. I think it kind of has this similar texture to, to uh, macaroni and cheese. I compare this dish to risotto because you're kind of like cooking it and it's just like kind of melding together and becoming like this creamy, you know, texture. So in the end, the texture that you're looking for, is it, it's not completely a mush basically. It's, it still has some distinct pieces of rice that are like kind of coated in this creamy lentil sauce almost. So it depends. Some people use roken rice or rice that actually does mesh very well with the lentils. In my recipe, I use a basmati rice, which I feel like when it cooks, it still kind of meshes together and you can almost kind of like smash it down a little bit with your spoon when it's done cooking because you really want it to all come together. I've made it and it is so comforting. I totally put it in like the category in my head of like mac and cheese or mashed potatoes or like, you know, other kind of porridgey things. Is that how, sort of how you feel about it? Do you make it when you're wanting something totally. soothing? Oh yeah, definitely. It's like a complete comfort food. And the funny thing is, I mean, it's called hoogie and it's spelled H-U-G-G-E. And it, it's like, it's it's like this hug, basically, I feel like when you're eating it, it's super comforting. Yeah. Are there any other riffs that you like to do with it? Like other spice combinations or other types of rice or anything like that? Yeah. So actually my father is from North India and he makes a different version of the dish. So he spices his with coriander powder instead of the black pepper. Um, and he doesn't put ginger or um, coconut in it, but a lot of times he'll put vegetables in it. I got him an instant pot. So he is like all about making everything in the instant pot. And so he'll, you know, saute some of his, um, his vegetables and he'll use cumin, asvatita. Oh yeah. And asvatita is an important spice. We use that in the, the hoogie recipe and then coriander powder. And he sometimes will even add garam masala. Then he will add the rice and the lentils. And he soaks his lentils and rice before he makes it. And in this recipe that my mom has, you roast the lentils on the stove to kind of get this nutty flavor and also stop with the stickiness. And I think also it helps to cook it faster too, or that's what my father had said, why he soaks it. Yeah, so that's one version. You can add different vegetables to it. So he'll add carrots or peas or he likes potato, which makes it super starchy. But my dad likes to put potato in everything. (laughs) With your dad. (laughs) We're trying to do as much as we can to help keep people from feeling like they need to run out to three different grocery stores to find every ingredient if things are not on the shelves. So are there any substitutions that come to mind that would be handy to know about for this recipe? So I use basmati. Um, I I think that I mean any any I would I would just try it with any rice and also I've tried it with um, half quinoa half rice. So if people are trying to eat kind of less starch, that could be an option as well. That seems super handy too. If you are like, you know, when you think you have enough of a certain grain and then you get there and you actually only have 
like a half cup when you needed a cup and you need to kind of piece it together from lots of ends of bags of things. That's really handy to know. Yeah, because even my aunts, some of them have started kind of using more, uh, like less rice in some of their recipes, um, just because like in the South or the Indian uh, population, like diabetes is kind of a big deal because people are, eat so much rice, basically, right? So they're trying to cut back on that. So I know for a fact that there's definitely some hoagie being made with like some part <laughs> rice, part quinoa. I do love how forgiving that is. I mean, part of what um, attracted me to this recipe, besides just your description of how comforting it is, was the fact that like, I feel like, you know, cooking rice can be stressful for a lot of people. Like, you know, there's always this fear that if you're just steaming rice, that you're going to like accidentally like boil it too hard and it's going to break down or there'll be too much water or too little water. And like the fact that you don't have to worry about the texture being just right and the, the amounts being just right. And that that's the point is really lovely and really very welcoming. You, I know you mentioned in the recipe that when, if you're reheating these as leftovers, it's good to add some liquid. Um, I'm wondering if you've ever done anything else with them. And the reason I ask is because we had some leftover and my husband, who's like, main trick is to just fry everything oh, in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> and so he was like, why don't we crisp it up in a pan? And so we tried it. Have you ever tried doing that? I haven't, but it sounds good. <laughs> well, what we were able to do was we had stored it in like kind of a tall deli container and just kind of slid it out and, you know, it kept the shape. Yeah. And so we just literally sliced it like you would polenta and crisped oh, it totally. up in a pan. It was really tasty. It was, you know, it got really crispy on the edges. Yeah, I love that idea. I would, to I would be into that. This is the Genius Recipe Tapes. We'll be right back. You reach for the top olive oils and invest in the best pans. But in the kitchen, how well do you care for your greatest tool, your hands? When mine take a beat in cooking and cleaning, which is often, I use Bag Bomb to work its wonders on my poor distressed skin. Created 125 years ago on a Vermont dairy farm, their soaps smell great and clean hands without stripping moisture, and their fast-absorbing lotion means I can quickly get back to cooking. Treat your hardworking hands to Bag Bomb, every chef's best friend. Use code FOOD52 for 20% off your order on bagbomb.com. Good through 2024. You reach for the top olive oils and invest in the best pans. But in the kitchen, how well do you care for your greatest tool, your hands? When mine take a beat in cooking and cleaning, which is often, I use Bag Bomb to work its wonders on my poor distressed skin. Created 125 years ago on a Vermont dairy farm, their soaps smell great and clean hands without stripping moisture, and their fast-absorbing lotion means I can quickly get back to cooking. Treat your hardworking hands to Bag Bomb, every chef's best friend. Use code FOOD52 for 20% off your order on bagbomb.com. Good through 2024. I have some of your achar here. I have the, the roasted garlic. So when I've been making it, I've been having it with that and it's so delicious. Could you just tell people who are watching and listening more about Brooklyn Deli? My company is Brooklyn Deli and I make achar, which is a spicy Indian condiment made from different fruits and vegetables. And recently we also added a line of simmer sauces and we also make kind of these hybrid condiments curry ketchup and a curry mustard and basically i mean all the recipes come out of our home kitchen and <laughs> like i just developed the recipes and then my husband he designs all the labels and then we put it out there how is the production going now with with everything that's going on. I mean, it was pretty crazy because we were in the middle of a launch. And so that was a little bit stressful. It was like, 
we kind of had geared up for it, but it's slowly making its way onto the shelves just because, you know, there, there were less workers and it was just kind of craziness, I think, just for them to keep stuff on the shelf. So having new stuff come in was a little bit crazy. And I think just in general, it's like people were not eating out as much. So they were going to the store and they were they were buying a lot of products like ours because they wanted to kind of like get that same experience at home. And so we had to really get organized as far as operations go because we had our biggest orders that we've ever had before. Was this before or after you had to move out to Wisconsin too? It was kind of during the same time. So we were ramping up and then we ended up kind of, you know, leaving because of Ravi. And thankfully I had hired somebody to help me on that side. So she and I kind of like worked on this together and it was doable. Good. And things have kind of settled into a new manageable rhythm now? Yeah, definitely. I'm just so in awe of everything that you are doing. And it sort of reminds me of the last time I saw you, which was at your launch party, I think for some of the simmer sauces, right? (laughs) Which you were like, it seemed like days away from having your second child. Yeah. That that dinner was for probably a a few dozen people, right? It was a pretty big (laughs) event. Well, I had a lot of people helping me. So that was key. I feel like, I mean, back in the day, I used to do tons of those pop-up dinners and it would be like me and, you know, I would maybe get Ben to like help me or something. And so that was huge to have people that were helping me because I could sit down and not really worry about everything. This was the first time that I had, I think, left the house at night after having my baby. She was like almost six months old at that point. And I just was like, this is so wild. Like I'm, you know, <laughs> like she was asleep, so it didn't really matter, but still just the fact that exactly. I left the house. And then I came and I didn't, I didn't even, I think, realize that you were pregnant until I got there. And I was just absolutely like, I was so impressed because I mean, when I would, you know, I felt like I had just been through the ringer with everything with the, the pregnancy and the baby and everything. And then just to see you doing this thing that I don't think I could have done even with no children in the picture. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> but I'm like, what am I going to do one now? Right? Well, in the meantime, we have your products in all these different places. We have your cookbook. Oh, yes. So um, Vibrant India is a cookbook of all South Indian recipes that are based in my family's food traditions from Bangalore and specifically my mother's family. And it's all vegetarian. A lot of it is actually vegan. And, you know, it really kind of focuses on seasonal produce and grains. And it's my ode basically to my mom and, and Bangalore. And it really kind of tells a story of how a lot of the recipes that are in the book, I took from learning my family's traditional cooking techniques, but then applied them to local vegetables and fruits. And tells just, you know, a lot of the backstory of the random cooking classes, pop-up dinners that I was doing in Brooklyn too. (laughs) And this recipe is in it. And um, it's, this one doesn't have as much of the seasonal produce, but that makes it especially handy right at the second when we're like cooking so much out of the pantry. And like, of course, if we can access some 
some other seasonal vegetables, then that's great. And it sounds like they can be added right in, but it's really nice to have a base. That's just things that you can pull out of the pantry and spice cabinet. And now here are more comfort foods to hug close from our listeners. My name is Leah Diarmi from Oakland, California. And when I think of comfort food, what immediately comes to mind is sinigang. Sinigang is a dish that is ubiquitous to Filipino households, yet I would argue is uniquely prepared by each family. My mom would start making sinigang by searing beef spare ribs and then simmering until the meat is tender and falls off the bone. Next, broccoli, spinach, green beans, whole jalapenos, and really whatever veggie you had available was layered in. Then you ladle it over rice and season with fish sauce to your liking. And just like each sinigang recipe is unique to each family, each person's bowl is unique to them. I prefer a higher rice to broth ratio, but that's just me. Sinigang is as delicious as it is nostalgic. It is a comforting connection to my ancestors and certainly a dish I just love making for others. Hi, my name is Stephanie. I'm from New Jersey and one of my comfort foods right now is soupy rice which is kind of reminiscent of rice porridge we would have on weekends as a kid, but this version is much faster and I can still add as few or as many toppings as I please. I just have to be able to boil some water. Hi, I'm Christina from Norway. My go-to comfort food is a pasta puttanesca. I always have the ingredients at home, so it's really quick and easy to make it. It takes like 15 minutes and you have this wonderful pasta dish. And who doesn't get comfort from pasta? But it also has a freshness and this deep umami taste that you get from the tomatoes, olives, anchovies, capers and the parsley. It's just a blend of flavors that go so well together and leave you satisfied and just with a familiar feeling. Thanks for listening and for sending in your stories. Our show was put together by Coral Lee, Emily Hanhan, and me, Kristen McGlory. I would also love to hear about your comfort food, whether it's a proper dinner or just pouring magic shell directly into the tub of raspberry sorbet, which got me through a lot of tough times in junior high, I have to say. Email it to me at genius at food52.com or tag me on Instagram at McGlorious. And if you like the Genius Recipe Tapes, please do take a minute to rate and review us and subscribe. It really helps. See you next time.